Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two friends sit down and talk about music for a little while. I am one of the co-hosts. Scott, I'm here with another of the co-hosts, Brand. Brand, how are you doing today? Is there a th- are you gonna is there a third person's gonna be coming in here? The way <laughs> you're presenting this, as if there's <laughs> multiple co-hosts, not just two. No, there's just so, two. I'm I, worried you're gonna invite somebody in and I'm not gonna know what's happening. And I'm just <laughs> gonna get You're gonna you're gonna get a surprise one of these days. I'm gonna get slowly pushed out the door with a foot. <laughs> just like, all right, we've we've had our time. Please continue. We're like, you're just the editor now. Yeah, that's all I do. That's all I do. That's all I'm needed for. Not true. I need you desperately for this show. To bring the negativity. <laughs> Somehow the fucking most positive in the world brings the most negativity. I don't understand. I don't know either, but it works. It works. There's usually not a lot of negativity on drafts, though. So let's no. get into that. Let's get into that. We're here for part two of our Victory Records draft. We decided that uh, while we did the first one, there was too much left on the table. Like we needed to come back because some of these records are too amazing to not bring attention to. If you haven't heard part one of the Victory Records draft, go ahead and check that out. You'll hear us gush about 12 records that we picked out of uh, Victory Records' entire discography. You'll hear some notes about some of the Victory stuff. In addition to these notes that I have for Victory Records right now. Formed in 1989, Victory Records separated itself from the pack as the definitive independent label for punk, hardcore, emo, metal, and alternative. Supplying 30 years of formative music to diehard audiences everywhere, the Chicago bread and bass label cranked up the voices of three generations of iconoclasts and built a culture without compromise. Wow. Yes. Listeners out there, all these notes come from Victory Records themselves. Imagine that. Imagine that. (laughs) Oh, if you attended underground hardcore gigs in the 90s, chances are you caught a Victory band or two. If you had a MySpace page, you probably had at least one Victory band in your friends list. 
maybe even in your top eight. Oh, if you God. frequented Warp Tour, Ozfest, or both, you spent the summer with victory. If you get your dose of hard music through streaming these days, you've certainly been told you might like a victory act or two. That said, the roster's influence remains inescapable. Okay. <laughs> That's why they are a record label that no longer puts out records. They're just a legacy label. At this yeah, point. they kind of are. You can trace the label's genesis back to flyer-covered walls and sweaty basement shows, making Victory the perfect home for hardcore juggernauts such as Earth Crisis and Hatebreed in the early days. Speaking to the unrestrained energy of a post-Y2K world, the company canvassed the internet as well as canvassed the streets. Victory leveraged early social networks like MySpace to maximum impact and friend counts early on as bands like Taking Back Sunday and Hawthorne Heights shook the mainstream. Victory rewrote the rule book for metal and hardcore crossover with Atreyu's 80s spiked pit splitting barrage and between the buried in me's mind bending melange of prog and metal. Then there's a day to remember. The Ocala, Florida Titans fused metal and pop punk and went on to become the label's biggest act. Are they sponsoring this episode or something? <laughs> Why are you reading copy? You're reading copy like it's an ad. <laughs> What's happening in this episode? Because, because Victory's entire website is ad copy. <laughs> That's unreal. How many people read that and they're like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I thought it was hilarious and I had to bring it up. I don't know. Victory Records is something else. Looking at what I have left here. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance we pick the same thing. I have the same kind of feeling. Honestly, I may be adding five records to put on the list for you right now. I'm definitely, I definitely have two that I know are already on the list. Okay, I lied. There Possibly is one, more. <laughs> there's one record that I may take that you may may take, but may have heard also. The other ones, I don't even know if you ever even heard them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we didn't do Rock, Paper, Scissors. Who had the last pick last time? I had first pick in part one, so you get first pick in part two. Great, thanks. Not that when I met. <laughs> when we just agreed that we weren't <laughs> taking the same thing. All right, King Scott, please sit back with your feet up and let me, the wow. peasant, have first pick. Wow. You know what? No, fuck it. Let's right. do rock, paper, scissors. Let's see if I win. I don't care. I don't care. I don't Great. want the first pick. You know I'll what? graciously give it to you since that's what we're doing. We're pretending like it's a huge deal. <laughs> I'll kneel. I'll get down on a knee and present I'm... it on my arm like, no. a, like a towel at a restaurant. Nope. I don't want it. You take the first pick. I'll take it. It doesn't really matter. We're not picking the same thing. Should we go over what we picked last time? Sure. Do you have the list? I have the list if you don't. I had first pick. I picked Thursday's Full Collapse, followed by Silverstein's Discovering the Waterfront, A Day to Remember's Homesick, Hawthorne Heights, The Silence in Black and White, Taking Back Sunday, Tell All Your Friends. And we each did a sixth pick. Mine was Boy Sets Fire after the eulogy. And then yours, your first pick was Thursday, A City by the Light Divided. Atreus the Curse, Hawthorne Heights Fragile Future, Emure's Felony, Ringworm's Justice Replaced by Revenge, and Silverstein's Arrivals and Departures. So if you didn't want to go back and listen to the part one, <laughs> just gave you the recap of that. But you can hear us gush about all those records if you go back. You can go back and listen to 
some actual notes, actual not notes. Victory <laughs> records, not not ad copy that were that this is apparently the Are You Listening podcast brought to you by Victory Records. Victory will always be home to culture without compromise. Remember that. Remember that. <laughs> that was their All last right. little line at the bottom of the about page. I loved for it. My first pick. There for you my go. first pick. Your first pick of part two of the victory draft. It is 2010 release. Okay. By the band Carnifex. It is the record Hell Chose Me. Hell Chose Me. 2010 was one of those huge years for deathcore. 2010 was when I was really into deathcore. Not that I'm mm. out of deathcore now, if we're being honest, but deathcore is a conversation for a later time. Uh, but I this don't is know a record. That I've, I'm, I've known any deathcore. Um, Occasional Strands considered deathcore. Okay. I was going to say, like, I guess it depends like on Wormwood, what consider. Wormwood's considered deathcore. Condon's okay. considered deathcore. Some other records are considered different things. But deathcore was also fought as a genre for a long time because there's so much variation. Like you can have just if you have a tiny bit of hardcore and a death metal band, you're deathcore. Or if you have a tiny bit of death metal and a hardcore band, you're deathcore. It's That's weird. what I was going to ask. Like, what is that defining line? Honestly, for me, when I was looking for new new deathcore bands, it was breakdowns. If you didn't have a breakdown in my head, you were not a deathcore band. That gotcha. was just something in my head that I had. Okay, but Carnifex Hell chose me. I think it's their it's their second on Victory. I think it's their third record total. Okay, uh, big fan of it. The title track Hell chose me is has one of the most brutal aforementioned breakdowns you'll ever hear. I think I may bring it to you at some point. Okay. I have a couple other records like it on the list, though, that may mean a more a little bit more to me. So if this one does come to you, it'll probably be you know, later. Yeah, much further down the road. Sure. Carnifex, Hell Chose Me, my first pick. No chance of you taking it. Could have taken it whenever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your first pick, Scott? Uh, my first pick is one that you would never choose because you don't know this band yet. You will because they're on the list, but it is Bayside's first record, Sirens and Condolences. Came out uh, in 2004. Starts off with Masterpiece, and I love that song. The opening of it is just fantastic. Um, The band itself is kind of, um, I would say a day to remember-ish, like the hardcore mixed with pop punk type stuff. I don't want to get too into it because it is something that I really, really love. And I am bringing to you eventually at the time of recording this. I have not gone to see the show yet. Like I've seen them live, but I'm going to a show and it's going to be Lucas's first punk rock show. Big. Really excited about that. It's happening the weekend between our birthdays. Who's the opener? I don't know the first opener. Okay. I've never heard him. I don't even remember the name of the band now, but okay. I don't want to say co-headliner because Bayside is the headliner, but I think it should be a co-headlining tour. I am the Avalanche, which is another band that I'm bringing you eventually. There was a time where the singers from each of these bands did a track on each other's records. Oh, not on this record I picked, um, but Vinny, uh, the singer from I am the Avalanche and the movie life, which is another band I'm going to give you. uh, He did think he did a song on their third record on Bayside's third record but uh it's gonna be awesome I have loved both bands for so long I've never seen I am the Avalanche live uh so I'm super stoked to finally get to see them live and then Bayside I think I've seen one other time 
but it was early on in their career. So I'm excited to see uh, how they've come along. Like, I I mean, I listen to every record they put out, but I'm excited to see them live now in this era. And bringing Lucas and Emily along is just going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm so Nice stoked. family ordeal. In the pit. So my next pick, second yeah, pick. Second pick. One that I don't know if you listen to, but I feel like I may have brought it up to you. So this may be one of those situations where the reason the show exists is because I said, oh. I think you might like this, but you never listened to never it. Never ended up you, listening to it. You also may have, and you might have listened to it yourself because these guys got a little popular with a certain crowd at one point. Oh, okay. It is the band Within the Ruins, and it is the album Invade is what I'm choosing. Nope. That, that was one that you probably gave to me, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. And then just never did. This band is one that I brought up to you about being like extremely technical. Okay. Weirdly enough, I have another band on the list for you already that I kind of <laughs> feel the same way about, but sure. they might not even be as technical as these guys, but I know for a fact the other band uses like a 12 string bass or something. So it has oh, a weird, wow. weird sound to it. That sounds fun. What was the name of this record? This is Invade by All Within right. the Ruins. Came out 2010. Also considered deathcore, apparently. So I guess you know where I was. We know where you were. There's a one-two punch on this with Ataxia and Crossbuster. And if I recall, they are both heavy, heavy hitters. Oh, okay. Uh, the title track Invade is great. The opener Designing Oblivion I liked. I think it's a great record through and through. I may have to bring this to you because I just, I, I, I want your excitement that I feel like you'd get from this record. Because I know the kind of music, the kind of musicianship you like yeah the only issue is it may be because it's 2010's deathcore i don't know who the producer is but it may be like produced into the ground which i know you don't get behind too much (laughs) i i still i still like it though like wormwood was produced into the ground and i still loved it i feel like that might be the exception that proves the rule though (laughs) (laughs) within the ruins invade is my second pick so Let's see if you go as opposite with the second pick as we did with the first picks, because Bayside and Cardifex, two way different bands. Oh, well, if you thought those were two way different bands, my second pick is Victory Records ska band Streetlight Manifesto. (laughs) Yep. The record is Keysby Nights, which was actually released on Victory twice. First under Catch-22, the band Catch-22. After the record was released, the singer and guitarist left the band to go to school, ended up coming back not to catch 22 because they replaced him, uh, came back with Streetlight Manifesto. I think the drummer joined him and maybe the trombone player, I feel like. Victory was going to re-release Keysby Nights from Catch 22 with like an extra bonus track and different cover art. Streetlight decided that they didn't want that to happen, so they took their own money re-recorded all the old songs but differently and better and then added some verses here and there a couple different sounds and a couple different tracks and stopped the re-release of catch 22's keys me nights and put out streetlight manifesto's keys me nights it's i I know we've talked about production i like the grimy kind of dirty production the Mm -hmm. production on this one as uh, compared to catch 22's version is pristine but it fits well with a ska band i think it makes everything pop a little bit better makes it shine a little bit more and i love this record so much almost to the point that i almost picked it 
in our part one. Uh, okay. But I knew I could hold off because I knew you weren't going to pick it. So, no. um, but yeah, this this might be one I bring to you if I'm I'm hurting for a pick because I love it so much. Okay, it's just a great great album. I'm a big big fan. I I I can talk about the songs, but you wouldn't know anything about them. Nope. Yeah, favorites on this is the title track "He's Big Nights." Super Nothing is fantastic. Nine Millimeter in a three-piece suit is one of my favorites. It's just great. And then at the at the closer, uh, which is one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, there is like, you know those speak and spell toys from when yeah. we were kids? There's an interview that the singer-guitarist from Streetlight did talking about why they remade this album done in like a speak and spell kind of voice. <laughs> why? It's really wild to explain why like the kids quote unquote, the kids should pay another $13 for the same songs. Okay. The, and it okay. goes on for a little bit. It's kind of, it's fun and tongue in cheek. And yeah, the speaking spell is just kind of weird, definitely fun. And uh, as someone who questioned why this record was getting put out under a different band name, same songs and everything, it explained it a bit more. But you said that was on the closer of the record. Yeah. So you had to listen to the whole record the first time, wondering that. And then you get to the end and it explains and you're like, oh, okay, then we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, pay, I paid my $13 for it. Yeah, it was a different time. It was yeah. a different time. Because if that were now, that would have just been a YouTube video that they put out. Right. Yeah. No, it would have. <laughs> wild. Yeah, this came Absolutely out. In, wild. It came out in 2006. Okay. My third pick, I don't, yep. I'm trying to look. This may be the oldest record we're taking so far. Ooh. I'm pretty sure. This was a 1997 release by oh. Victory. Okay. This is by hardcore band Integrity, and it is Seasons in the Size of Days. I knew nothing at all about Integrity. I found this CD at a pawn shop. The cover, <laughs> the cover has like a, a stone face on it almost with like two almost weird looking crosses. They almost look like ancient artifacts almost. Okay. And I saw it, knew nothing about it. Well, I guess I would have turned it over and looked at the track list. It is like Rise, Diseased Prey Within Casing, ATF Assault, Orbital Teleplastic Emaciation, oh, Heaven Inside, Your Hell. And I was like, yeah, I got to give this a shot. Yeah, for sure. I, I took it home, and I fucking love this record. <laughs> this record got me deep into hardcore for a while, like heavy into this kind of hardcore, like gritty, just gross, disgusting hardcore. Whoa. Because I say I love it, I got to tell the parts it isn't so great. <laughs> the last track is 27 minutes and 53 seconds. Oh, boy. We've had that experience. It's called Burning Flesh Children to Mist. What? I can absolutely, without a doubt, 100% guarantee you, I've never listened to it. <laughs> I, I bet you I, I've listened to maybe the first two minutes, if that. And you're like, yeah, I'm done. 27 minutes I, of this yeah, is not happening. Because the rest of the track times, 158, 134, 210, 115, oh, 142, yeah. 125, 144. There is a 524 in there that I can also almost guarantee you that I've never listened to more than three minutes of <laughs> But this also, like, I was into hardcore. So, like, yeah, you, don't, you, that don't was expect, you don't expect long songs when you're trying to listen to a hardcore record. Not at all. But I did love it. I may throw it on the list. Okay. Just because 
I want to give me a 27 minute song again. No, we might actually <laughs> cut that off of it when we do it, but because we don't have, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of hardcore for us to share between each other. Like, I feel like we've listened to a lot of the same hardcore records. Depending on your hardcore, like how far range hardcore we're talking. I have H2O on the list. Yeah. See, I can, I I, I've never really considered H2O a hardcore band. They're more of like a punk band to me. Okay. But I understand the mentality of calling them a hardcore band. They definitely yeah. have some hardcore moments with the channelongs and shit like that. Yeah. But like integrity is like pre channel. Well, yeah. Hardcore. 97 coming out with yeah. that record. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw integrity on the list. We'll see what happens. Who knows? What, you know, we might get there. We might figure it out. So Scott, what's your next pick? Oh, my next pick. We're just going to keep doing this opposite thing. I'm going to go with the tossers. The Valley of the Shadow of Death. <laughs> no idea what that is. The Tossers are a Celtic punk rock band in the like vein Flogging of Molly? Flogging Molly or yeah, Dropkick Murphys. The re- record came out in 2005. It was the first I had heard of them, but I went back and looked at their discography and it looked like they had a ton of records out before that. Uh, three. They had three records out before that. Maybe I was just looking at their entire discography then they had i know what agony came out after this yep um and then i lost track before it before the valley of death their first album was we will never be sober again okay then they put out long dim road then they put out purgatory gotcha and then that and then agony and then look like a live on saint patrick's day record Mm -hmm. still on victory wow and then uh, on a fine spring event, then the Emerald City, and then smash the windows. Okay, yeah, that was more than I knew. It looks like they did have like five singles and EPs. Like they put out two seven-inch discs and then three EPs. Okay, maybe that's what I was looking at. Their entire like everything yeah. they were they were coming out with. I actually think you would like these dudes. I like Flogging Molly, and I don't always dislike Dropkick. They are more Flogging Molly than Dropkick. They have more the traditional Irish instrumentation. Really great. Good morning, Dad is a fantastic opener. the The first line is "Good morning, Dad." Well, I'm in jail. <laughs> it's fantastic. This also has a cover of a Dubliner song. I would pronounce it if I could, but it's in Gaelic, and I think it's the first time I ever actually heard a song in Gaelic, which okay. was really, really weird and slightly off putting. Because man, does that sound like a odd language. Let's also let's also put out that I don't dislike Dropkick for their music at all. I dislike Dropkick for the weird bro culture they have fucking acc- accumulated. Somehow. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think that has to do with Boston. But that doesn't ma- mean that bros in Pennsylvania should be like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. Like if all you like, I don't understand how dudes that only listen to Buckcherry, oh. Hailstorm, and and uh, new event sevenfold get down with dropkick murphy's but it seems to happen a lot i don't know how it happens that that is odd uh i haven't had that experience at a dropkick show myself i'm not saying they'd even end up at a show i'm just saying somehow the tracks make it onto their playlists and i don't understand who's introducing like who is this sleeper agent out there introducing (laughs) introducing all these dads to dropkick murphy's you're playing shipping up to boston before they get on stage before event that's that's the exact song too that's the exact song too it's been on it's been on movies and stuff too so yeah 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 it's just weird it's just it seems weird to me but i i love this record it's it hit right when it was it hit in 2005 okay 
I was into Victory Records, almost everything they were putting out at the time. And I got to introduce to my friends who were super into Flogging Molly and Dropkick to a new Irish punk rock band. And I was so cool. And yeah, it was great. No Loot, No Booze, No Fun is a great track. Kind of dedicated to Dee Dee Ramone, which is fun. Yeah, I don't know. I just love it. Drinking of the Day is kind of weird. Slightly problematic. <laughs> okay. Because it's like he's singing to a 15-year-old girl about drinking in the day. Like taking her to go drinking in the day. Oh, fun. But then telling her like, in order to do this, you need to give up everything you love and your life turns to shit. And so it's kind of, I don't know, at first it's slightly off-putting but then like once you get to the end you're like oh it's like a cautionary tale but i i love it i think it's it's a great record it is kind of long for a victory record it's like 50 minutes long oh yeah that that does feel pretty long yeah so that was my third pick so my fourth pick yeah uh the only one that i have on here that i thought you may take or you may at least be familiar with okay i'm gonna take it now sure uh, I need to be I need to just make it clear, though, that I hated this band when I first heard them. Oh, hated them, despised them. They had one song that I liked like a 30 second chunk out of <laughs> okay. and then the rest of it. I hated the rest of the song. I hated any other song they have. Probably about five years after that, I retried this album. I love mm-hmm. this album. I've revisited it here and there over the years. Love this album. It's the 2005 release by Aiden. It is oh, Nightmare yeah. Anatomy. I uh, I recall this, and it was actually on the short list. I listened to it this week. Okay. I have others that I want to choose over this. But I do remember it coming out, and I do remember liking it, because it was they were kind of AFI-ish. They were very AFI-ish, but yeah. it was like a mixture of a little more of the less electronic, more punkish AFI sound. Yeah. But more eyeliner look yeah, of for AFI. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The the song that I loved was "Die Romantic." Like there's yep. there's that, that that little clip of that chorus. It's just it's it's so it's so poppy. It's so thick pop. It's so good. Yeah. And then it does get heavy a little bit. But I hated the band forever because it was. I mean, oh five oh six. I was that's fucking. I, I can't listen to that. <laughs> right. I right. listen to that kind of bullshit music. Come on. I listen to man stuff. I listen to integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that coming out and uh, being pretty big. That song in particular, Die Romantic. I, I thought Aiden was the next, like, A Day to Remember. I thought Aiden was, like, the next My Hawthorne Cap. Heights. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they were right there, lined up to be. I There's still a band, it looks like. Are they? Okay, maybe not. But let's just say they put out they put out six more albums after this. Whoa, that's surprising. Five of them on Victory. Jeez. And then they put two out on Control Records. Well, one's a live record, it looks like. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know if they're still... It, it, they haven't put anything out since 2016, which is the live record. But they, it looks like they did put a record out in 2015. But that's a long time for no more no new records. Right to still be a band unless you're just like touring. I don't know. What are you touring on at that point then? Right. Cause you don't have like that legacy to tour on. I wonder what they look like now too. Exact same. Because the That's look true. was still like the look look was so much like their thing. Oh shit. Hold on. Oh my God. I for the dude 
I think it was the main dude from Aiden, Will Francis. Well, I was going to say, is his name Will? I listened to his records he put out as William Control. Oh, okay. He put out records as William Control. It's like very electronic pop. Oh, he was Skrillex. Uh, kind of like, kind of like gothic pop, kind of like gothic electronic pop. Okay. If, if you heard it, the way I explained it makes sense. But <laughs> that makes sense why Aiden's last records were on Control Records, William Control. It's his record label. Oh, okay. I think he did get a little bit of notoriety for William Control. Like I think he made some money, so that probably that's probably what happened. Gotcha. I forgot those were one and the same. All right, Aiden. Uh, my next pick. See, I'm getting down to it, and I have more picks. This is a problem. We're going to do six picks again, just so you know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep, so get get prepared for that, because I'm going to have to cut out some already, but I refuse to cut out. I will let you list whatever you need to list. At the end of <laughs> You'll let me? I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. I mean, you could do it. I, what I meant is I'll let it in. I know. I'll, I won't edit it out of the show to make it less than three hours, because you're just going to go off. <laughs> My next pick is going to be the band The Forecast. We're, we're going to stick with the opposite the opposite theme we're on. Uh, the Forecast in the Shadow of Two Gunmen from 2006. Aiden being the gothy, completely out there looking band. Uh, the Forecast are just dudes in plaid shirts. Uh, I, I apologize. They're a band with a female bassist in plaid shirts playing... I don't want to say country tinged pop punk, but there is a little bit of like twang okay. in some of these songs. I'm a big, big fan of this record so much so that I covered the fifth track on it. Some things never change. The female bassist comes in with vocals on a bunch of these tracks and I love it. It's just really, really great. I think it's their second record. They've put out like four by now. One that I completely didn't know about. I need to look into. But this one, I love it. Uh, there's a song called 100% on this that, problematic or not, reminds me of uh, Brand New that I really enjoy. And We All Return to Our Roots, which is the second song off this record, is phenomenal. I love it a lot, a lot. And the closer, Welcome Home, I guess I have a second theme going on where they explain a bit about touring life at the end of this record. <laughs> And one of the guys talks about how you get on a bus, you turn on the radio and you listen to music, you go to the show, set up, do sound, sound check, listening to music. The first band goes on, you listen to their music, then you go on and you play your music, then you listen to the headliner, play their music, then you go back to the hotel, set out your sleeping bag, put on your headphones and listen to music and fall asleep and then do it all over again. It's just kind of a fun little explanation of what touring life is like. It sounds like instructions to develop tinnitus. <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? Tinnitus. 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 Yeah, the ringing in the ear. Yep. Sounds like sounds like instructions to develop tinnitus. Is what it sounds like to me. Uh, it might be, but uh, yeah, I I just really really love this record. I've never heard of the band. I've never even heard the the name. But that record does have it has it's called country rock and indie rock. So okay. you're right in explaining it like that. Yeah. And below uh, for recommendations, brand new Deja Intendu is under there. So <laughs> that's wild. I didn't right, know that. But right on the mark. Yeah. That 100 percent song sounds like it could be a brand new song. Yeah. I didn't. I'd never heard of these guys in my life. 
I I might bring them to you because I love the record so much, but I wouldn't expect you to enjoy it so much. Hey, you never know. Yeah, you never know what happens. That's true. I was into Victory Records and just picking up anything that they put out at a given time in my life. And this is one of them that just ended up in my lap and loved it ever since. My next pick, yeah, because we're doing six, so it's not my final pick. Nope, this is five. My next pick <laughs> is, I guess, yeah, we'll continue on this uh, quote-unquote deathcore journey, I guess. <laughs> 2011 record. 2011. By... The band Dr. Acula. <laughs> I haven't listened. I saw that name and I was like, oh man, I kind of want to know. Yeah, it is the record Slander, which is what I took. It's their first on Victory. I don't think it's my favorite Dr. Acula record, but it's okay. my favorite of theirs on Victory. Right. Deathcore band, they use a lot of like movie clip sounds and shit, like before breakdowns and to set like, I. do you remember Kill Whitney Dead? Did you ever listen to Kill yeah. Whitney Dead? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, but not as because when you listen to Killing the Dead, it's a lot. It's I mean, every track is five or six different clips. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Ackley kind of uses like one or two a track, maybe. Okay, but still like a a, still an active band, if you know what I mean? Like they're still doing band stuff. It's not is Killing the Dead a band or is it a guy producing all at all? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. They were also Dr. Ackley also seemed more comedic, whereas from the name well that also but kill whitney dead all always seemed a little more intense like they yeah. always tried to be a little more intense with things whereas dr acula had fun while doing it it was, it was also during that time where metal guys were allowed to have fun because sure. like for a while there you weren't like you had to be the strict stone-faced in your pictures and all your that you, you were yeah. metal right That's what we do we're metal yeah. And this was around the time where, and I'm sure they were probably looked down upon it at the time, but this is when they were allowed to have fun. Sure. Which is what made the music more fun to me when I see other people having fun. Yeah. So Dr. Acula Slander, my fifth pick, maybe I bring it to you just okay. for funsies, just for sure. funsies, yeah. because you said you wanted to listen to Dr. Acula. I'll revisit it and let you know if you should just listen to it or if okay. I'll bring it to you. <laughs> right. And maybe I'll actually take your uh, your advice and listen to it. Maybe not. Who knows? It wouldn't have been my advice because you said you already thought about listening. That's so that's true. on you. That's, that's on very me. true. Very true. So what's your fifth pick? Oh, my fifth pick. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go with an even earlier record than our earlier record. Earlier than Integrity. Yeah. We're going with 1996's Songs to Fan the Flames of Discontent by Refused. Okay. Have you ever listened to Refused? I listened to The Shape of Punk to Come. That might be it. I think that's it. That's the only one I listened to. Swedish band? Hardcore? Oh my god, I didn't know they were Swedish. I'm pretty sure they're Swedish. Let me double they're check definitely, that. No, they're definitely Swedish. Yeah, I didn't okay. know they were Swedish. Yeah. Crazy, like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't want to say, like, lack of musical style, but, like, they're kind of simplistic, but in a crazy way. I don't even know how to explain it. But I just, I love them. Coup d'etat is such a crazy song, but opening up with Rather Be Dead is such a, an amazing move. I love that song. It's Not Okay is such a great song. Worthless is the Freedom Bought is fantastic. Yeah, this, this record goes hard. It's 12 tracks and 30 minutes long. Sometimes you can understand what they're saying, 
but with the Swedish accent, sometimes it's hard to catch on. I love these dudes. And uh, up until their last record, I wasn't huge on them. But this record and The Shape of Punk to Come were really, really big for me. Good, good stuff, in my opinion. Just now thinking about Shape of Punk to Come, I kind of hear the accent now. I always thought they just, that was their style. No, <laughs> but that's just you, how they sang. You thought the same with Silverchair. And then when I said when they yeah. were Australian, you were like, oh shit, that makes more sense. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, same with these dudes. The accent is strange, but once you realize that it's an accent and not a, a vocal styling, yeah, you kind of come to realize <laughs> what's going on there. Yeah, I, I might re-listen to that record now. No, it yeah. it. They're Swedish and not. It's super good. I remember really liking that record. Yeah. I do remember really liking that record. All right. So my final pick. Final pick. And full disclosure, I only had two more bands on here. And it was just choosing what record by each band I was going to choose. So we're doing seven picks, you mean? If you want to do seven picks, (laughs) we can do seven picks. We can do seven if you want. If you want, I could do both of mine right now, and then I could just take my headphones off and walk away and let you talk about the no, next we can't 15, do that. 15 albums you want, and we then I'll come back. And, we can't do that. I'll come back and shut down the program and then upload the <laughs> thing later. You know, we could do that. No, it's fine. We'll just do seven picks. I like it. I like breaking rules. It's fantastic. For my sixth, well, I mean, I could pick like three other Amir records, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So for my- oh, yeah, that was something I, I decided I wasn't going to do uh, picking records from bands that I already picked in part one. These yeah, are all completely not, yeah. different. Yeah. I, cho- I, I chose the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So for mine, I actually, I didn't know what got what album by these guys I wanted to take. Okay. And I still feel a certain way about, I'm always split on how I feel about these guys. They definitely put me in a certain mindset, but I don't know if it's always a good mindset. Oh, oh no. This is the, the one I'm taking is the 1998 release revenge on society by the hardcore punk band blood for blood. Okay. I say this because I feel like, and I haven't listened to blood for blood in a while. They, it was definitely one of those things that, I listened to when I was younger and it was just kind of the anger of it got to me. Sure. I think there, I think it might be a lot of toxic masculinity involved. Gotcha. I don't really recall right now, but I know the last track on this record is called last call. Fuck you. Oh, wow. And it's only 28 seconds. And that's all. That's the lyrics. Kind of. (laughs) I mean, there, there's some some tracks on here that I really recall. Bitch Called Hope, I remember a lot. <laughs> um, Evil in the Brain, Revenge Society, Yeah, Still a Paper Gangster, Shut My Eyes Forever, Wasted Youth Crew, My Kind Belong Nowhere. Like, it, there's some really deep, like, anger outwardly and inwardly at the same time. Gotcha. I might re-listen to some Blood for Blood and and maybe it will hit me a little differently because I was... I was definitely too young to listen to Blood for I would Blood say when I was listening to Blood Super for Blood. young teenager. Like nothing because I think it might also be remember those bands we talk about that talk about like workers' rights and like unions and shit. Yeah. But they do it in a way that sounds militant and then it almost sounds like fascist fascistic. Yeah. Is fascistic a word? Sure, we'll go with it. Okay. <laughs> so it like kind of feels like Nazi-ish sometimes. Yeah. And I, I'm like ninety-nine percent sure Blood for Blood isn't, at least outwardly have to do some some research on this one they're from boston that's probably why it feels that way yeah formed in 94 by eric buddha mandina and white trash rob lind oh wow oh well well in june 2012 vocalist eric mandina the previously mentioned 
former, like he formed the band in 94. Yeah. Was kicked out of the band due to being charged with raping a minor. Oh. That's not good. Nope, that's not good. That's not good. The band went on hiatus in, until 2010 and 04. Guitarist and songwriter Rob Lynn decided touring with the band would be detrimental to his newfound sobriety, having been a heroin addict and alcoholic for many years. Damn. And fearing a relapse. Apparently, after they kicked Eric Medina out, he is back. The band is resurrected with him on vocals. With the guy that they kicked out? No, with the guy who, oh, who stepped away from the band because of his sobriety. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to listen to Blood for Blood now. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think I want. I don't want a record from him. Yeah, it's a bummer. That's I mean, I don't mean it's a bummer. I can't listen. I mean, it's a bummer that happened to somebody. Yeah, I, I just need to make sure that it sounded like I'm like, oh, man, I sucks. He got caught. I really wanted <laughs> right, to listen to that right. record, boy. Right. No, yeah, that's no. that sucks. I kind of don't want to take it now, but it still meant something to me then. And yeah. we don't have to listen to it for the show. So there we don't have to talk about it anymore. Let's move on. All right. Uh <laughs> My sixth pick, playing opposite seas again, we're going to go with Straylight Run's self-titled record from 2004. This is actually an offshoot band from one of my previous picks from part one, Take It Back Sunday. The harsh vocalist, guitarist from Take It Back Sunday, I think his name is Tom Nolan, left the band and went on to start Straylight Run with his sister doing vocals. And I think she plays piano or Tom plays piano, but very on the softer side of Victory Records. And I'm kind of here for it. Like, I really, really dig it. I have it on vinyl, which was amazing to come across when I did. But this one has like a club dance song on it. I mean, it's weird because the album looks like it's described as alternative rock <laughs> and we know how much that for some reason that encompasses I'll... everything <laughs> okay okay yeah it's very kind of piano based rocky type female vocals on some of the tracks like i said there's one song i wish i could remember which song it is it might be now it's done but it is a club track like it's okay. got like 808s boots 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 kind of it's wild <laughs> like i should not like it but i do love this record existentialism on prom night was i th- i think a single cuz i know there was a video for it um and i loved it your name here is very ballady it's a it's a great record in my opinion but very very slow for a victory records release it had to be because he was in taking back Sunday first and they could, they could, and they could pull it. There's some rocker songs on it. Dignity and money is kind of heavier for the record, but it's still very alternative is probably the correct term for it. Okay. That's fair. So my last pick last because pick. we're doing seven. Cause we're doing seven. We break the rules again. My last pick. You may have heard of this just because of, how this band was founded this bound this band their first record did not come out on victory records it came out on stillborn records are you familiar with what stillborn records is i don't think so jamie josta's record label oh okay so jamie josta founded this band put out their first record they then signed to victory after that first record the record i'm choosing mm-hmm. in, in my head they're more of a melodic death metal metalcore band okay but when i'm looking at it here now they're they're 
the style they have for this record is melodic death metal metalcore, but before all that, it's just heavy metal. Oh, which I guess I, I can hear it a little bit, but uh, the album is Embrace the Gutter, and the band is the Autumn Offering. I think I've heard of them. This record came out in 06. It was their first on Victory. I I liked this record. I liked it. Their first one did a lot more a lot more for me, but I liked this record. They kind of went downhill for me after this. I, I liked Requiem a little bit. It's two records after this. Okay. But I had a friend who was so into the Autumn Offering. Anytime I went over his house, he would just be playing the Autumn Offering. I'm like, you really like this band that much. And he's just like, I love this band. I love it. <laughs> and I did like it a lot, but I could never like it as much as he did, which makes right. me think I'm not as... I think I really do like it, but because I was never as big a fan as him, it feels like cheating taking this, but I sure. had to take it because I did listen to this record a lot, not just because he listened to it either. And the fun thing is, I found I, I wasn't going to choose this, but when researching their career because of this record, their debut record on Stillborn Records that Jamie Josta found was produced by Zeus. Oh, we know Zeus. The guy who did Wormwood. The guy who did a couple other records that I've been listening to. I may be running down Zeus's production discography because... Which is wild. He may be, at this point, I mean, he's definitely the... I'm the most knowledgeable about his production out of the metal producers. (laughs) Right. But he he may be my favorite metal producer currently because I just love the just the it's just a razor he takes to this yeah. shit and just clean shit up, pulls shit out, makes shit so specific. And the first one was not only produced, but recorded by him as well. Oh, wow. OK. So like he was in the studio with he was there he for just, it. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't just fixing it and mastering it and everything. Yeah. So Autumn Offering, Embrace the Gutter. Excellent. What's your seventh and final thing? <laughs> well, here's Don't the give thing. Me two. Don't give me two. Don't. I'm not, I'm not going to technically give you two, but I am going to shout one out real quick. I think it was only like distributed by Victory, so I'm not counting it as a Victory Records release, but it's Funeral for a Friend's uh, Memory and Humanity. It was the only one that Victory did anything with, but I think it was just a distribution thing. I love that band. This is not my favorite of their records, but I had to shout them out because I can, but it's a great record. Ours is probably my favorite record of theirs, but victory has some kind of credit for that record. But my actual seventh pick is from 2001. The band is grade and the album is head first straight to hell. This is as close to death core as I think I got at the time. Uh, the album artwork was crazy looking. Uh, I think it was a, like either an FYE or Hot Topic pickup. I saw the album artwork and I was like, this has to be nuts. Looked at the track listing and it starts off with Termites Hollow. Uh, and I was like, well, I got to find out what that is. Listen to it. I like it a lot. The vocals aren't what I expected, but they remind me of the band Good Riddance, if you've ever heard them. Okay, I've heard songs. Kind of melodic, hardcore, but then this adds a whole level of heavy instrumentation work as opposed to quick hardcore stuff. This is more, yeah, metal. Discogs has their style as emo hardcore. Emo hardcore. Sure. And emo hardcore in 01 seems like a wild triangle to fit into. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know if I would bring them to you because I don't have a whole lot invested in it. Have you listened to Incision? No. Apparently, Grade was formed by four out of five members of Incision. Oh, maybe I need to check that out then. It looks like they may only have an EP out. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Still check it out, but I've looked for this oh, record. Oh, hold on. Yeah. They existed as X Incision X because they were a straight edge band. Oh, okay. It looks like they only recorded two ba- two demos, then they switched their bassist and then changed their name to Grade. So it is the same band. Okay, so it's the same band. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know they were straight edge, but it's no deterrent for me. I don't think I don't know if Grade is. Grade doesn't say anything about it. So so the bassist made that big of a difference. I, I or they brought a bassist in who's just fucking banging heroin, and he was like, "Guys, I don't know what you want from me over here. I'm laying down these thick lines, and I'm playing the bass. You understand? You understand what's happening over here? We can't do straight edge stuff. I don't think they're that big for me that I'd bring them to you, but you might like them." it's really good i've looked for this record a bunch uh, i think it's only available on a picture disc and there's no way i'm buying that especially for the price that i think is it goes for but it's it's really good like victory being a legacy record label now and putting out stuff and repressing things i wish they would repress this so i could get a proper copy well you know, we just talked about 14 records, Scott. We did just talk about 14 records. So I guess I'll just run it down real fast, I guess. Go for it. I had the first pick. Yep. I took Carnifex, Hell Chose Me, Within the Ruins Invade, Integrity, Seasons in the Size of Days, Aiden Nightmare Anatomy, Dr. Acula Slander, Blood for Blood's Revenge on Society, and The Autumn Offerings Embrace the Gutter. Yeah. You had the second pick. Yep. You took Bayside, Sirens, and Condolences, Streetlight Manifestos, Keysby Knights, The Tossers, The Valley of the Shadow of Death, and then the Combo of the Shadow duo, The Forecast in the Shadow of Two Gunmen, Refused Songs to Fan the Flames of Discontent, Straylight Run, Self-Titled, and Grade Headfirst Straight to Hell. Yeah, we did a lot today. So we did a lot today, but I guess we still... Scott, let's talk about 15 <laughs> and 16. What was your record of the week? Oh, my record of the week. Since we've gone back in time, basically, to do this uh, draft, I continued to go back in time. I listened to Glass Jaws Worship and Tribute. Oh, that's a great record. Man, what a great record. That's an excellent record. It had been such a long time since I listened to this record. I forgot that the tracks basically run into each other. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. You know who didn't know about that? Huh? The guy who doesn't finish tracks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You never knew about that. You're you're in for the first two minutes and hit and skip. Yeah, I'm on to the next one, man. I already I figured it out. Yeah. We're good. Uh, but yeah, I forgot how good this record was. I went back. I don't know what brought me to it. I don't know why I suddenly wanted to check it out again, but I did. And man, what a great, great record. Well, my record of the week, I went back in time also. Hey, look at us. What year did that one come out? Oh, man. I, it's got to be early 2000s. 2003, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say one far. or two. That came out oh two. You're right. Yeah, 02. buddy. Oh two. It felt like oh two. My record came out a little later. Okay. 2008. 2008's when mine came out. All right. It is by the band A Different Breed of Killer. Ooh, don't know that one. It is the record I Colossus. I Colossus. This thing is a giant 
of an album. Like you can't put Colossus in your title and not have a record that sounds like this. <laughs> right. It is huge. It is a destructive piece of media. There's one feature on it. And in 08, you'll know what this means. In 08, Phil Bozeman of Whitechapel was on here. So you can oh, wow. guess. You can guess what this sounds like. Yeah. One of my favorite breakdowns of all time is on a track, The Accidentist, which is holy shit, it's unreal. <laughs> there's a there's like even a hardcore call out before it. Oh my God, it's great. Different Breed of Killer, I Colossus, my record of the week. Don't even know what got me to revisit it, but revisited it and was very happy. It's just us transporting ourselves back in time to uh, do this victory draft. And we both wanted to continue that time frame, maybe. So there are 16 albums. If you don't get one out <laughs> out of this episode that makes you even want to listen to it, what's the point anymore? Yeah. What's the point? Hang it up. Hang up the phone. Don't listen to podcasts anymore. Don't listen to music. Just go, <laughs> go on the world. doesn't matter. I think it's funny that we, we didn't even have an argument. Like, we didn't even have a battle here. There wasn't one that you took that I was going to take. And the only one that I took that you may have taken was Aiden. Yeah. And and it really wasn't up higher on my list, like, that I would have bumped for it. There's not one that you did that I've ever even heard. I kind of figured. <laughs> I kind of figured. Mine's kind of the same. You've heard Aiden. That's it. The other ones yeah. you haven't heard. So no, it's, it's similar. Um, don't know if it was as fun of a draft for listening, but it was fun Maybe to do. Not. It That's was fun to do. Matters. I got all the records I wanted. Same. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Same. I don't have any more. There's only there is one record that I listened to for this draft that I was thinking of taking before that after listening, I said, I'm all right. I don't really need it. What was it? It's, it's still a decent record. It's by the band Darkest Hour. OK. And I remember really liking it before. And then I listened to it and it was good, but. I was all right. Mine was Between the Buried and Me, Alaska. Yeah. Same thing. I remember that thing coming out and me loving it. And then I went back and listened to it again. and I was like. Is it better than all these other ones that I really want? All right. 18 records. There's 18 <laughs> records for you to listen to now. So uh, uh, follow us on Twitter at AWLPod. Same handle on Instagram at AWLPod. Send us an email at areyoulisting.pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you. Of course. Listeners, thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. And if you didn't find one of these 18 records that you wanted to hear, <laughs> take your headphones off, walk out your front door, walk along the road till you, till you reach a, a big pool of water. I don't care if it's a puddle, river, lake, ocean, doesn't matter. Walk up to it, look into it, look into your own eyes and ask yourself, are you listening? Are you listening? Good morning, Dad. Well, I'm in jail. Who is this sleeper agent out there introducing introducing all these dads to Dropkick Murphys? I'm just going to go for it. Oh, my God. I didn't know they were Swedish. I don't listen to that kind of bullshit music. Come on. I listen to man stuff. I listen to integrity. I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. Want to do. Want to do. Want to do. Whatever the hell I want to do. I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. I don't know you want from me over here. I'm laying down these thick lines. And I'm playing the bass. You understand?